you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello, and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. And as always, we have a very, very special show in store for you today. This is part three of the series, Intentional Parenting with Arlene Wallace. And I know you've enjoyed the first two episodes. This is a six-part series with Arlene, hosted by myself and my co-host, Lisa Berry, whom I'll introduce in a moment. Arlene Wallace was born in Jamaica and now resides in Ontario, Canada. She's the proud mother of Noah, age 23, an educator and a passionate advocate for all single parents and their children. And my co-host, Lisa Berry, is the host of the internet radio show, Light on Living on Ohm Times Radio, a trained holistic nutritionist and life coach also a founding faculty member at the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery, where she's also a counselor on the IAWESOME Council and a very, very dear friend. Lisa, welcome. Thank you for co-hosting with me. Thank you so much and welcome, Arlene. We're happy, always as always, to have you back. <laughs> Why, Arlene, thank you, Arlene, Lisa. we're delighted. It's, it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, today, as we do, I love this intentional parenting. And it's really interesting for me to walk through this with you, Arlene, because I am not a parent myself, but I have friends who are parents and I, I had parents and I have parents. Um, and it's, it's really interesting hearing your perspective on this because I can see how you care so much and I can see it in, ha in how your son Noah respects you and treats you and the relationship that you have. And I want to ask you just if we could start around the single parenting. Um, I was raised both with my mom and dad my whole life until my mom passed, but this, the single parenting, did you, was that, did you ever think you'd be a single parent and was there any fears around that when it first oh, happened? Absolutely. Um, Lisa, I never, okay. Basically, I grew up with my mother and my father. My father passed away when I was in high school. I've never had the vision of being a single parent because I did grow up in that two parent home until my dad passed away. And um, my dad was very strict. He was all about education first. And if he was alive, I don't think if I'd gotten pregnant during the time, I would be alive today. Like not literally, but he was that strict. It would have been very, very challenging because he had the mindset of, education, career, and then family. And I stepped outside of that and I did experience many challenges as a single parent and many biases also as a single parent. Yes, so 
what do you mean the biases uh, biased <laughs> yeah many different types of um biases or prejudice as a single parent because i had my son 23 years ago um things are completely different now in the sense that when you are a single parent in different environments or atmospheres you will look you will be looked down on you will get judged automatically so when i was actually giving birth to noah i was in the hospital just before giving birth to noah i did experience that bias i was treated differently as a single parent compared to someone with um, a family or, or marital status. With my experience, I was somewhat ignored. I wasn't ten attended to uh, fairly quickly because I was there by myself okay. in the hospital room, do, yeah. Do you think that I'm just, I'm just wondering now out of curiosity, do, like uh, the emotions that we experience when we are first first parents and first, you know, when you're pregnant, actually, even, do you think that any of that um, affected your relationship with, with Noah right from the start, that having those kind of feelings of, of worry about the future, how will this be, or how people are treating me? Do you think it affected the relationship between you and your son? Well, I think so, to a certain degree, before I had learned to control or to recognize or to become aware Oh, most definitely, because I was so consumed with my own worries, such as um, because he was born very preemie as well, life-threatening preemie. He was born at 24 and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was consumed mm. with worry. Sure. I was that helicopter parent. I was overprotective. But then mm -hmm. on the other hand, due to that stress of carrying those emotions, I was also angry. I was frustrated okay. because even at nighttime, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep through the night, not only because he would wake up, but when he was in the crib, I would have to constantly through worry, check if he was breathing. And sometimes I would take him out of that crib and place him on my bed with me so I can hear and feel him breathe just to give me that peace. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, yes, and how long did Noah's physical challenges last as a result of being born prematurely? Oh, I would say from the time he was born, um, I'll tell you a little bit of that history. Okay. I did not anticipate him coming that early, obviously. <laughs> sure. I was very scared, very scared when mm -hmm. I was in hospital and they said that he was coming. Now, when I was in hospital and I felt this pain, they didn't give me the advice as to 
stay in bed after them giving me the medication. Okay. So again, <laughs> because I felt strong and I felt okay after the medication, I started getting up and that increased the, the, the labor quicker. And so when I was in pain, I took a little bit of time longer than I should to have called for help. Oh, okay. And that is something that I think we all need to work on that when you need help, call for help mm -hmm. before it's too late. So when I, um, when Noah was born, he was born, like I said, at 24 and a half weeks. But when he came out, the doctors were actually amazed because at that stage, his eyes should have been fused and very little movement. But when he came out, his eyes were wide open. Uh -huh. He still has those big eyes and long lashes today. All right. And his arms and legs were wiggling like a newborn. And <laughs> they were a little bit yeah, they were actually very amazed, but they said to me, because of the stage that he was born, they had to watch him for three days. And after that three days, they would determine whether or not he would have life or not. So oh. from that very okay. moment, we had those struggles. He was in the hospital after birth for about four months in comparison to a regular baby. And so when he came out, his first, first, his first year, it was smooth, no issues, really to the degree, like because he had regular checkups, his uh, physician, his pediatric doctor, his pediatric doctor was amazing. I remember after the first year when Noah started getting sick to the point of hospitalization. There was one night we were at sick kids and it was about 12 at midnight, 12 midnight. And I, some, I saw a shadow of someone coming in the room. So I slightly opened my eyes thinking it was a staff member and it was his pediatric doctor. I've never forgotten that. Mm. So, because I say that to say this, that yes, we did have challenges after, like major challenges after the first year, because he became very asthmatic, um, a lot of setbacks in regards to viruses that he had picked up, but his doctor was phenomenal. And I'm so grateful I had his support because he caught things right away. So they did not prolong. Mm -hmm. that, I think right there, that is, you just kind of said that. It's like catching things, having awareness. Mm -hmm. I like that you said recognition, awareness, so that you can control things. And I really, I, I'm loving, uh, Tomas, you probably feel this too, is you know that little button they give you to call the nurse when you need help, yeah. the call button? Yes. It's like we all need that call button in life, like for <laughs> everything. So that we can go, oh, oh, no, no, I need help. I need help. And don't be afraid to use that button because it's, it. I, I'm hearing totally that you went from such a fear. I was scared, I heard you say, and mm -hmm. there was fear, but then the, so the, what your goal was, what you were aiming for was 
is peace. So when you're a single parent and, and a parent, regular parent, any parent, you want peace because you always yes. have this like, is he okay? Are they okay? I mean, am I okay? And we just want peace. Yes. Peace, mm-hmm. peace of yeah. mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the call button works. So mm-hmm. that use it. <laughs> yes. Press the call button. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Arlene, you referenced a few minutes ago here that um, when Noah was younger, uh, you were you were ignored um, as a result of being a single parent, even in the hospital itself. Mm-hmm. And then as the years went forward, that there was a really a, a developed sense of frustration and, and anger pent up in you. Um, what have you done? What did you do to help work through that? Because I know that's common with any parent. Mm-hmm. Well, what I had to do, I realized that it was not healthy. It was more, it was very harmful. And I always said with the vision that I had in regards to having a family that I wanted to be the best parent Mm -hmm. because in that regards, you have to be loyal to your child. You know, you have to aim to give them all of you Mm-hmm. because yeah. they are the future. Your child is the future. Your child is a replica of who you are. And you want to be able to leave a legacy. So your child ends up leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I realized that I could no longer take my family or my son for granted. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is really, like I said, I'm originally in the first cast, I'm really grateful for going back to school and taking that psychology course because it really made me take a look at myself, how I was conducting myself, what I needed to improve on, Mm, uh enhance, enhance who I am not change who I am, but enhance who I am, breaking patterns in order to be a better mom and a better person. Mm. Right. Wow. Okay. Did she, I think Arlene just packed a punch that she put everything in there. Even including <laughs> like the, the one thing I love that you said was about your loyal to your child, how that loyalty. And you said um, you, you aim to give them all of you. And, mm-hmm. and I was going to ask you, how does that loyal quality help in achieving parenting goals, life goals? Um, that it's, there's a quality to being loyal. Can you actually share with us, what would be your definition of being loyal? When you say like, you aim to be, you know, Yeah, sure. Loyal. My definition of loyal is really respecting that individual, who they are and who they have the potential to become. And you have to undergird that because once you give that to your child, it comes back to you in return, whatever you sow, you reap. And in me taking a step back and analyzing myself, 
and realizing that things that I need to improve on, I needed to make sure that I committed myself to Noah, his growth, and his development holistically. And I see the results of that now. It wasn't easy. It took time. It was a process. But at the end of it, and we're still going through it because we're still learning from one another, but it has really shed a light on our relationship, not just ours, but then we're able to be examples to other um, family members and friends. You know, yeah. when Noah goes out there, he's highly respected. Mm -hmm. People come back to me and say, wow, he's such a good child. He's such a good kid. He's so polite. He's so respectful, you know? And I had to be loyal to myself first in order to learn how to be loyal to him. I had to make a commitment to myself mm -hmm. to learn not to automatically judge or command or demand the way I want him to be. I had to respect him as an individual, realize his personality and help him work through his issues to become the best that he, I know he can be. Yeah. That was absolutely so well said, so well spoken. I could feel like my heart just opening up with that, even thinking about my own parents. And Tomas, that is just, um, as we, I know we, we were kind of feeling like, uh, um, yeah. we were talking prior to this about how does one step into that, what you just said, recognizing, respecting a child for who they are and who they will be, but because you are a parent. And so, uh, Tomas, do you want to take that over on that one? Yes, Arlene, one of the things that uh, Lisa and I would like to get your, get your take on and ask you about is uh, there are all kinds of balancing acts as a parent. I'm a parent, you're a parent, um, you know, anyone who is w will know. And of course, everybody listening who is not a parent will also know that there are a lot of balancing acts. So, you know, if you have kids, there's always a, a fine line, right, between actually being a parent and having expectations That's right. of somebody versus, um, you know, being just their friend. So, you know, what Lisa and I are, are wondering about is, you know, for you, what has been the, the balancing point uh, because uh, you mentioned the word helicopter parent for those um, mm -hmm. out there that aren't familiar with the term. Well, that's hovering like a helicopter um, <laughs> as opposed to letting a, a child take their own lumps, so to speak, to let them mm -hmm. make mistakes. So, you know, what, what's your balancing point, Arlene, on that? Well, <laughs> it's funny you said that um, in regards to the child not being your friend, but a parent you are a parent to that child. Because just last night, Noah and I were joking around mm -hmm. and I called him my friend. I said, wait a minute, you're not my friend. You're my child, I'm your mama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we go. started laughing, so that's mm -hmm. pretty funny. But in regards to my balancing act, I have learned 
to just stop, focus, and observe. And when it gets to a certain point, when it gets too much, which you will know because you feel it, right. you take a step back and you say, wait a minute, we need to readjust. And you just inform the child that, you know what? This is a little too much right now. I need time to think. I need time to take a break. And I need time um, to just decide what is best right now. Give me that moment. You have to learn to really take that moment. Because time is valuable. It's given to us for more than one reason. Right. And that time that is allotted to us, we can never get back. So it's time to learn how to really balance whatever you need to do. If it's to take a moment out, um, read a book, um, meditate, go for a walk, anything in that regard, just to slow your mind, slow, your, slow down that pace. Mm-hmm. Arlene, I was just thinking when you said that about um, to take a break, you, you as a parent are letting your child know and you're modeling that to say, mm-hmm. I need to take a break. Now, when is it uh, appropriate, I guess, in, in proper, let's call it parenting, yeah, proper parent, intentional parenting, um, mm-hmm. when the child can let the parents know, I need to take a break. I've got, you're putting too much pressure on me. Um, How are they allowed? Like, is a child allowed to say that to a parent? How, what's the best way for a child to let the parent know that mom or dad, you're you're putting too much on me. I I need time to breathe and think and do what I need to do here. Yes. You know, we have to definitely value that that's where I say all the time. It's not just really putting yourself um, on the balancing act. You've got to, you've got to make sure that you recognize that your child also needs to learn how to balance. So with that being said, if you're constantly demanding or commanding and not taking the time to look at what or or even feel using empathy what your child is going through definitely that's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. so with that being said you see your child or you feel that your child is going through a lot or feels the pressure You've got to communicate, you've got to stop, and you've got to express to them that you are there for them. You know, you're willing to do what you can. So it makes it better for them. So it helps them alleviate. So it helps them alleviate that pressure. Okay, right. Um, No. I was just gonna say, what did um, raising Noah? Uh, what, where do you think that Noah might have felt um, some pressure from you that you had to stop and have awareness and go, "Ooh, I'm placing too much pressure on him." Or did Noah come right out and say, "Hey, mom, <laughs> you gotta just stop here"? Did you? Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. 
um, what had happened with Noah because we did go through that. Um, I paid attention to his personality. Okay. Again, it goes back to recognizing and knowing and understanding your child's personality because Noah would normally be vibrant, humorous, and he was just shutting down. He wasn't speaking as much. He was isolating himself, you know, in his room and he wouldn't come out and engage with us as much. So you've got to be able to pick up the signs, recognize the signs. And and what what would your suggestion be for parents that might be struggling with recognizing the signs with that kind of awareness? Well, what happens is that, again, you've got to know your child. You Mm -hmm. have got Mm -hmm. to understand your child. Because if you do not take the time to do that, you're putting that child in arm's way and there are consequences that will occur. And then you don't want to go back and say, have any regrets and say, if I only knew I should have, would have, could have. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 That just strikes me to ask that question because there are so many parents that are involved in the constant balancing act and, um, you know, we all, we all know people that have gone very far to one extreme or the other. So, yeah, anything else that you'd like to say about um, being a parent and letting them take their own lumps versus, you know, moving in, your balance? Any, any other suggestions or advice for parents out there? I would just say when the load gets too overwhelming mm-hmm. that, or, or too challenging that you learn to delegate somehow. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I want to go, this is, I just had this um, beautiful, I feel like, so, so thank you, Arlene, because I think I just had a beautiful realization that I love that you said you have to get to know your child. Oh. This is such a light bulb moment for me, Arlene and Tomas, because um, we are, I think a lot of parents have a child and think I've got to make this child. Like I made a baby and now I've got to make a child. I got to make this person and I'm putting in these lessons and I'm putting in this um, color blue and this color yellow and creating something when really we get to get to know them as they get to know themselves through experiences. And I just, I'm having such a beautiful aha moment about this. Um, and I love your approach, Arlene, that get to know your child's personality, get to know your child and, and what their load of, of you know, how mm-hmm. much ch- challenge accept and, and get to know when they need help. When do they need to press the call button for help? And I just love your loving approach um, of, of respecting that they are not someone's project, that they are their own little being of, of love. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own character. Yes, they do. And, you know, Arlene, there are a lot of parents who uh, have, uh, that I've spoken with in life who feel like uh, their children actually sort of chose them. They're not yeah. ours. Oh. Do you feel that way with Noah? 
Um, I think it's it, I think it's um, a balancing act between Noah and my Matt and myself now. All right. Yeah, I believe that he definitely is a gift. Mm-hmm. I believe that he came through me. I didn't create him. He came through yes. me for yeah. a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So oh, I have to awesome. value him. I have to take care of him. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the word that often comes up for a lot of, of parents that I know is, is you're shepherding or kind of like a, a steward. You're, you're there to guide, Absolutely. there to help. That works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So any sense of Noah's purpose, since we're talking about him, let's talk about him a little bit more here on okay. Worldwide, worldwide <laughs> you know, Podcast Radio. <laughs> What are you, what's your sense of what Noah's purpose might be? I know he's young. He's 23. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thomas, um, we've been speaking about that a lot because, again, we have some deep conversations now that he's in that age that we can correspond, you know. And it was just last night I said to him, we were having a conversation. I said, Noah, I just want to make sure that you do better than how I did. You know, you have a purpose. I want you to focus on exactly what you want to do so you don't waste a lot of time and have a lot of regrets. Okay. So yeah. his purpose, we, as we were speaking, I know... <laughs> It's a little bit um, funny because my purpose for him is different than what he sees for himself. Oh, okay. Because I feel <laughs> that his purpose is children because children, younger children, gravitate towards him. Oh, I I'm see. Tell- all right. Yes, they <laughs> all love him. I love it. Wherever we go. And he used to do camp counseling. And they wanted him to come back, but then COVID happened, you know? Okay. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a camp counselor and they wanted him to come back then. Yes, Arlene. And so they wanted Noah to come back because of certain qualities then to camp. What were those that they saw? Oh, that is so easy, uh, Thomas. Noah is very compassionate. He okay. exercises empathy. Yeah. I love it. Okay. You know what? I have to say, I, I can see why now how you'd want him to be around children or an influence to children, um, mm. maybe that pur- purpose, because I think that's what we need to offer a lot, children a lot more of is compassion and empathy. But with that, with that line of being, I'm a parent offer or a role model offering you this, not everything you say and do is fine without guidance. I uh, exactly. I, I, Come on, Lisa, you're so on point. <laughs> I just always I really appreciated my parents parenting me I really appreciate that my parents mm-hmm. were not my friends because you get you, yeah, friends absolutely oh that is so true I look back and with my father being so strict I understand now mm. ah. yes okay 
Yeah. Looking, looking back, I think, we, yeah, we have so much, we have maturity. And I remember, and if we could just speak about that, about with mm. um, parenting, when you're intentionally parenting, we are, the, the parents the, are the mature ones. And having that understanding that a child will mature and they need to have experiences and they just can't have like what you said, that helicopter hovering parent. And I would love for you to speak, how could you help other parents recognize or allow for the opportunity for children to mature? Where do you see where parents are holding back maturing um, in their ways that you could offer some, some guidance to everybody? Again, um, Lisa, it goes back to taking the time, stop looking, stop, look, and then speak and then act. Because um, I'll give you an example. My mom, she is that type with Noah. She spoils Noah. Uh -oh. Constantly want, yeah, which uh -oh. I understand, I get it. <laughs> but constantly, <laughs> constantly wanting to do things for him, you know, not allowing him to just think for himself. Um, just doing, wanting to do, do, do. So I intervene and I say, mom, no, you know, he's got to learn, let him go, let him do. And if he fails, he fails because it's a natural consequence. Sure. If he does well, it's a life lesson. Yes, celebration. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. How difficult was it to have that conversation with your mom or is that ongoing? To <laughs> <laughs> be honest, it is ongoing. Sure, sure. But she's uh -huh. gotten better. Yeah. Okay. But she's gotten better because he understands too. And I tell you, so much work has been done, Lisa Thomas. Mm -hmm. But Noah has actually matured because now we take the time to just talk okay. and have relation. So he mm. knows, he understands his grandmother loves him. He understands why she wants to do for him, but now he will speak up and say, grandma, I can do that. I know how to do, I will do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Taking responsibility. I yeah. love that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Love it. Okay. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's great about having older children that are able then to have those deep conversations because it sounds like you all had a very, very good one just last night. Oh, we did. And it was quite funny, but yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. we, we mentioned one of his qualities, Noah's qualities was um, being funny. He's humorous. So I can tell he's on point now because I'm like, well, if, if Mama Arlene is recognizing <laughs> that Noah's being funny, then we're on the right track. And, and I, my final question to this of this particular episode is, do you think it will, do you think you'll always parent him this way, even if he's 50, you know, when he's 50, are you still going to be, you know, um, making sure that you're getting to know him as he matures and grows? Are you going to be watching and recognizing, checking in? Are you always going to be a mama? <laughs> oh, God willing. Yes. Um, I always tell him when he gets married, you know, make sure that 
the 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 woman that you get to, that you get married to make sure you solve your conflict or else i'm going to intervene for her oh yeah <laughs> well that should provide him plenty of motivation to deal with conflict well right yes i love it well and the and the best thing is too is that you're going to have this whole series on intentional parenting i think it's going to be he's going on on one he's going to end up scaring the girls away he goes well you got to <laughs> listen to my mom's shows <laughs> <laughs> right oh. i love it Yes. Well, Arlene, this has been a pleasure as always, and a, a very, very good and deep conversation. We've touched on a lot of topics that help parents, not just single parents, but parents in general and, and people in general. And before we wrap up then, anything else that you would like to add today? Yes, I would just say it's so important to relieve in order to relieve stress and, and, and just the struggles mm -hmm. just take the time out for you take a moment yeah. out for you that's it okay i love that advice that's something that i say to people all the time <laughs> just oh, nice. take <laughs> time out for you all right and arlene i know from this being the third episode in our series that you are available for parents with questions that might need support how can people reach out to you so my contact number thomas is 416-738-6008 all right. And just reach out and um, call Arlene. And this mm -hmm. is a Canadian number. So plus one, if you're dialing internationally, 416-738-6003. And Arlene would be happy to lend her support and her ear for you as listeners. So if you're listening out there and you have questions for Arlene, feel free to give her a call. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure, Arlene. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me, Thomas, Lisa. Thank you for the aha moment. Until the next episode, mm -hmm. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna savor that one. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. bye. <laughs>